With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Sims and Lepko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lepko and That's right, because it's the Sims and Lepko Podcast, and we're starting right now. <laughs> Adam Bally's on set, wants to talk dollars and cents, because, look, man, we're trying to get you paid, too. We're you know, killing like, it here at Bleacher Report, don't no, worry. No, I'm just trying to figure out, like, I guess we know. are sponsored by Best Buy yeah. this month. I That's wish you could have cool. heard the song for the intro and all that, because he probably would have had a lot of fun making fun of it's it It's a all lot that. of whistling. It's like a... It's like oh, a, I'll tell you right now, if you're a sports podcast, I know what your song is, right. and it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 74 of the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Do you have a 74? Oh, man, I didn't even think of this. You didn't. Oh, I, I did really a lot did. of thinking. Do you have a 74, it, oh, a jersey one. number? 74 is a tough one. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to give you that. Uh, no, Merlin. it's hockey. You gotta be, it's got to be hockey or an offensive lineman. Yeah, yes. exactly. Right. That's where I usually go. But, man, 70. No NBA player has ever worn 74 in a jersey, which is crazy. Because I mean, George Mearson was... Because Sean Bradley wore 76. 76, right. So right. the M- NFL ones. Yeah, give me one. I'm, I'm Merlin actually, Olsen's the oh, most famous. Bob Lilly, Bruce Matthews. Mm. Ron Mix is a Hall Bruce of Famer. Bruce Matthews, I should have got that. Uh, and then baseball, Oogie Thurbina was 74 for Negative. the Marlins. Negative. Oh, baby. Oogie. Hockey, TJ Oshie and Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey, to me, was like the cool old motherfucker. 74, though, yeah, there's no love for 74 yeah, out there. Well, why would man. there be? 75, there's got to be some good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Adam Pally, we got him on the show. I'm very excited. Thank you so much thank for you. being here. Dude, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you, you were in uh, Happy Endings, Night Out, Mindy Project, mm-hmm. upcoming film Joshi, mm-hmm. which I watched the trailer. I've seen some clips. I'm so disappointed that our producer, whose name is Josh, mm-hmm. who is an East Coast Jew that went to sleepaway camp, mm-hmm. Now the the things that happen. He's in the, the movie only didn't East Coast Jew we have in the office. <laughs> well, I will say that as soon as you're, you're the producer who's filling in for Josh met me, right. I was basically accosted with anti-Semitism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you know how it went down. He first he goes he introduced himself to everybody, right, and then said, "Well," and I said, "My name is Adam." And then he went around and met all the other people that are yeah. you know he's meeting in your entourage, in my crew. entourage, which is like literally two other women. Right. He then Four. he then turns. And says, well, the only name I need to remember is Josh. And I said, Adam. <laughs> Who and, was this? And he goes, right there, that dude. Are you kidding me? Wait, wait, wait. And then he goes, wait. And then he goes, first of all, that's super rude to the people he just met. <laughs> then, then he goes, I wish our real producer, Josh, was here today mm. because he's, and he's like fumbling now. So I'm like, <laughs> yes, what? He's and what? he's like, He's went, he's got brown hair. And I was like, Jew? And he's like, yeah. Like, defeated. Like, yeah. Yeah. Paul is like, a tribesman. Oh, we really, great. We really should great. show people Paul. Paul's the oldest guy in the office. 
He's hilarious. He's you know, a well, he's a he's the oldest guy in the office. Yeah, but he's awesome. to Paul. I said he's awesome. Paul's gonna be he's fine a when I walk out. Habitual teabagger too over there. Teabagger. He drinks a lot of tea. Okay. Yeah. You put like, him in a position Jesus. to defend Paul. Well, actually, what's funny about the brown hair thing? We have a girl, a uh, girl woman, at the front desk, and she does like PR for us, mm-hmm. and she goes. I thought that that when Adam Pally was coming in that I went, oh, Lefko, me, kind of looks like him. And of I course. go, I go, look, I've gotten this my entire life. Of course. Every time I go out, every time I meet people, they go, you look like yeah. my friend. Do you get that a lot, yes. too? Yes, and it's never, it's never me. <laughs> Ever. It's never are you Adam Pally. Ever. Not that anyone would know who I am. <laughs> but it's usually like... Did we go to sleepaway camp together? Uh, are you from this? You Is know, it a brown-haired Jewish thing? Yeah, it's Jewish. It's yeah. like it, 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 weirdly like there's no way to take it as offensive because it's so inoffensive. But it is weirdly, oddly like racist and anti-Semitic because <laughs> there's a certain kind of like you know it's like you're you're. It's like saying all white people or black people look alike. Yeah, right. it's it's like well you must have gone to sleepaway camp right, right. with someone I'm like I did For I did go I, to sleepaway yeah. camp so it's very hard to be like. Hey. <laughs> But How it is. You? But it is kind of like Jew. What is your? What is the doppelganger that you would get a lot? Like, who would people think you look like? Uh, well, I get a lot of um, people. A lot of times, will be like, "I love you on New Girl." Oh yeah, I get that a lot. Okay. I think because I look like either Jew, okay. like based on how my weight is <laughs> fluctuating. You know, I look like Max or Jake. Um, so I get that a lot. Um, Sometimes I, did, I get uh, David Krumholtz. Interesting. Um, I get Jonathan Silverman from Weekend at Bernie's. Jonathan Silverman. Like, uh, or from the single guy. Cousin. I mean, let's talk about Jonathan Silverman's oh, real man, work. The single IMDb guy. His page. Classic. Is it? Uh, I mean, of, he's poised to have it. He's going to do something. He's coming back. He'll figure it time. out. Uh, well, my, actually, the favorite thing that I saw you in was completely by accident, which apparently was by accident when you did it as well, which was the Late Late Show, <laughs> where there was like a snowfall and you had to do it. And it's so funny that I saw that and then the Bennett brothers made all these comments and you interviewed Martellus Bennett on the show. Mm-hmm. And I came in and was like, I'm so jealous of this guy. Not because you hosted Late Late. I've always wanted to deal with the Bennett brothers. They're yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah, the Bennett brothers were, you know, kind of a disappointment to me. He, really? Yeah, I think I phrased a lot of the questions in a way that, like, he can't answer. Okay. But I, I thought I was going to get, like, a candid, right. you Something know, any crazy. given Sunday interview. Yeah. And, and he was, like, shutting all that stuff he down. He did so. say, though, that, like... Imagine me being a guardian angel and coming down and with my big black hands and like yeah he did all that stuff guys. but I don't really but like I don't really care about that stuff I want to like is I wanted to know is Jay Cutler like a huge putz you know and, and like they right. told him that. The, yeah and yeah but he like and they wouldn't tell me I wanted stories they, like I just I'm right. obsessed with with. When a, when a quarterback is, like, hated by his team. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, right now, they came out, it's the ESPN magazine. Uh, <laughs> they came out there and about Jay Cutler. Uh, Michael Bennett said Jay Cutler's the worst quarterback in the NFL. Martellus Bennett said. I asked said, him that two years ago, and he would not answer. Yeah. Uh, I usually totally agree with just about anything they say. They're funny. They're great personalities. I think that one, I truly That's, do that. Yeah, he's not I the worst I think they crossed the line a little there. I do. I do. Yeah, Martellus he's not the worst. Bennett. Has not exactly been the model model NFL citizen himself. I mean, Dallas Cowboys wanted nothing to do with him. He yeah. got to the New York Giants. They wanted nothing to do with him. So yeah, what's going on? Why does he keep getting traded? Well, he keeps a, having better seasons he's too. A, he's he's a very he's good player. He's a little eccentric. God, these NFL owners are the worst, man. Oh, yes, like their yes. NFL owners are so racist. They're so crazy. Wasn't it an NFL owner <laughs> who's like, "If you got dreadlocks, I ain't gonna look at you." Like they're the worst. <laughs> Worst. They, they are, and, and you know what? The NFL is the worst. The fact that weed is not 
legal for yes, NFL players is so crazy right. to me. Like those guys run out and get hit in the face all day long by other guys. Right. In we helmets. have scientific like, proof that concussions can lead to long-term mental defects, and we know that there's this natural plant that could help with that. Right. However, the, it's like some I Christian, yeah, some like yeah, uh, you know uber like evangelical told Paul Tagliabue or it whatever. Is, it is. It's true. It was like, oh, the poison grows from the vine. You know. He's like, don't let them smoke the poison. But they're okay with getting addicted to painkillers. Oh, yeah. It's like, the give them Vicodin. My brother works at Pfizer. Yeah, yeah right. It's like, so yeah. f***ing not wrong with that. The worst. The worst. Uh, One of the worst organizations. No no offense. No. Like, the way they run it is so, it's so horrible. Let me ask you this. In the last few weeks, has anyone come up to you on the streets and been like, Man, we really need you back with the Jets. Can you just sign a contract? Because it looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just—it hit me right now. Oof, that you, tough. You ha- That's a burn. <laughs> well, no, you no have, offense to Fitz. You have but. a similar like head structure. Because it's giant. <laughs> well, I've um, never seen him in person. So. Fitz has a giant. I have an enormous head. You have a good size. I, it goes. It's not so much big this way. Right. It's more the length. Yeah, of I think it. it's from yeah. eye down. You're yeah. real big. Oh head. yeah, my head is as big <laughs> as a normal person's torso. <laughs> Uh, and that's okay. It's you know. Were you ecstatic when he came back as a Jets fan? No, really. I was Please. moved on. Welcome I, to the church of Gino. Would have been just as good. I, like I was moved on. Where your head's at? You know what, Fitz? You if you look at last season, everything broke his way. Mm. Everything broke Agreed. Fitz's way. Totally. And we have rec- receivers who need arm strength, and he, he that's not his. It's like Chad Pennington a little bit. And I love how smart he is, and I love. I love the fact that he doesn't turn the ball over that much. But and Chad Pennington's one of the most loved yeah. Jets quarterbacks. It's funny that they're so they're like, the, but they're so similar. Doggone it! I'm going to get there somehow. Yeah. Trust me, I'm smart. Guys. Yeah, but like, and that, and 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 I just, especially with these receivers now, which is the best core of receivers we've had in a long time. Very long time. One of the best. In you know, I would. I was moved on. I was like, let's see if Geno can throw. Because Geno, I don't love Geno. I mean, like, right. I'm in better shape than Geno Smith. <laughs> like, I don't love that for my quarterback. <laughs> But he's only ever had a lead receiver of Jeremy Curry. Right. He's never yeah. got a really a fair shot. No, he really like, has he not. He really has not. And so yeah. I would have, in my opinion, I was ready to move on. I don't love the Penn State kid. No, but but like you know, I was ready to be like because also this we're going to be bad this season. Even with Wilkerson back, that schedule is too strong. It's we're going to be schedule, we're going to be bad. Yes. So I was ready to be like keep Wilkerson because he's a one of a kind. Yes. You don't get players like that. Right. He's keep him. Build a defense. Go eight and eight. Right. You know, and see what happens with the Penn State kid and Geno. Because this is going to be a stopgap, and we're not going to win the Super Bowl. No, they're going to be right back in the market for a quarterback next year. Yeah. You watch oh, him. He's back oh, to square one. Tony Romo. I That's see Tony Romo with in your our thought future. with Geno, I think there is a part of me that goes, yeah, just go with Geno. See what you got. You drafted him early in the second round a few years back. See where it goes. You traded up for him. Other thing with Fitzpatrick, too, with his, you know, he sh- they shaved his head. He lost yeah, the he bet, looks terrible. But he had to keep the beard. Like, I'm so sick of the beard. Yeah. I've had it because I, I don't think oh, – my nose is running. I don't think he wants I, – I think the beard has become his calling card. I don't think anybody would know Ryan Fitzpatrick if he didn't have the beard, and that's the only reason he I keeps it. I don't think anyone would know Ryan Fitzpatrick harder. with the beard. But – I, I, Ryan yeah, Fitzpatrick is like, like, like a beer, man, but at least if you saw like, somebody well, with a beard like that, you at least double it. Yeah, double you're like, maybe. well, am I ordering a cake in Baltimore, <laughs> like from an artisan? I, I, to me, it's, it's Baltimore. Do they do that down there? Yeah, that's where the Ace of Cakes. That's where the Ace of Cakes guy is. That's actually a very well-researched reference. That was way too smart for me. Catch up, bro. You know, I, I, think Fitz is smart, and I think my guess is that we go nine and seven. Maybe we sniff the wild card. Okay. It's, I think it's the fair. thing that stinks is it's the year to do it. 
with yep. Brady missing four. Yeah, and he's and, older, and, and it's like, it's the year. I know you're a huge Knicks guy. En- enormous. And it's funny, so I've been living in New York now for two and a half years. I'm a Sixers fan. Uh, Good luck, man. You're going to be good. You're going to be fun. I, I'm feeling it. I'm Dude, feeling I, my, my, as I said earlier, all, my, friends all my friends are Philly, are Philly guys. guys. and They're trusting the process. I think that they feel a little vindicated. Yeah. I think that they're a little bit vindicated, and I think that watching Ben Simmons in Summer League... Oh. It Man, awesome. it's gonna, but, it, what's going to suck is when he throws those behind-the-back passes to Jared Bayless. Yeah, but whatever. But the know. Knicks are an interesting team as I survey. Not like, getting a fair Yankees, shake. Yankees, it's like a lot of hate, love. I really don't find anyone in New York that dislikes the Knicks. And there's this incredible, like, you talk about Eagles fans being like, like oh, this has got to be it. Knicks fans, you guys are, there's so much passion there. And I feel like the 90s was really hard. The 90s d- definitely did my generation a, a number. I mean, you know... Getting to a game seven and losing like that. Yeah. All those Michael Jordan losses, all those Reggie Miller losses. It's a lot to take as a fan. And then on top of that, to go into an era of mismanagement Mm. and like 10 years. I mean, before Phil got here, I mean, Donnie Walsh started it, but before that happened, there was 10 years of like bad, bad Bad stuff. Decisions, Decisions, contracts. contracts. I mean, I mean Isaiah yeah. with the the, oh, the sexual woman. harassment. Right. Oh, I mean, it was a disaster. Really, but disaster. And right. now you have Porzingis. And now, I mean, now we got the six. Look guy. at his face. Did you see I his face? But like the Knicks are always going to be king in New York. They're the king. Yeah. Nobody cares about the Nets. So no, because the, the Giants have the Jets. It's the, the Yankees, Nets are cute. The Mets. To me, the Nets are cute. The way that like a the way that like a cupcake shop in Brooklyn is cute. <laughs> you know, it's adorable. Yeah, well, it's adorable. I love to see Jeremy Lin play. It's adorable. What about your Mets though? How you feeling there? You because know, this was supposed to be uh, your year. I was just, I, not to name drop, but right. I just Do was it. at Howard Stern doing the wrap-up show, and I was just talking to John Hine about it. Right. Uh, I think um, I think we're lucky we made that Bruce trade Yeah. when we did. Right. And it, I don't know. It seems like a dead end this year. I mean, two and a half out of the wild card, anything can happen. Mm. But you got, our pitching staff is like, Blown up. I was telling Familiar, people before. Man. I mean, I was. I, it's so like me. I was telling my friends before the season started that our pitching rotation was Golden State's backcourt. <laughs> I mean, it, it looked like that. It, it looked like that, yeah. but it's not. No, it's and, not. And like, we're, it's going to be tough. I mean, baseball is always once you get into the playoffs. It any, more than any other sport, baseball can swing anyway. Yes, it can. You're so, right. so I think I think we will make the wild card, but it's going to be. You heard about Cespedes, like yeah, it doesn't bother me. And even the golf and playing golf yesterday, yeah, like, that bothers me as an ex-athlete. I understand you got to have your life, but you're having a problem with your leg. Yeah, and it hurts when you swing a bat. I so think it's going to hurt when you swing a freaking golf club. Like, w- w- why would you do that? Because I think Cespedes is taking is pushing limits. I I, I think Cespedes was never happy with the contract. Yeah, and so I think Cespedes was not happy with the Jay Bruce deal. You might be right because I think the Jay Bruce deal is essentially saying if we don't make the playoffs, right. you're out, pal. Yeah, and so it's it's. I think it was. It, I don't think it was disrespect. I think it was more, and I think that's why the teammates weren't right. unhappy because they've probably heard Cespedes say that all year. All right, I gotta so, get into. This. I'm sorry, I didn't. No, mean, go ahead. I, I, well, I want to ask him some fun questions. Like, I mean, you know, this is fun about, for me. I'm we talking yeah. about <laughs> NFL <laughs> break players. My day to talk NFL about players, you know, smoking weed. We yeah, yeah. we partied together all the time when we had time together like what's it like first of all Hollywood set you're making a movie like Dirty Grandpa or, <laughs> or even this your your uh, your Joshy coming out yes yeah yeah do you guys have a lot of nights together because it seems sure. like it's a fun crew sure and you guys have fun and yeah. other thing I've always I've meant to ask other people this 
Do they have on set a guy that goes around and gets you your, like, if you want weed, will somebody go get the weed for you? Absolutely or? not. No? 100% no. Oh, damn. What are you I know, crazy? I heard that in some, like, urban legend, I thought. Yeah, I mean, what the hell are you talking about? You think that you could go I up thought and there was, like, like, a nickname for the guy <laughs> who, like, got all the stuff. Yeah, it's called a drug day, dealer. Every day I show up and, and they yeah, radio, the they're third like, audio Adam's here, guy. He's, he's not going to go to hair and makeup right away, he's going to go smoke weed. With the no, weed guy. are you out of your mind? No. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't mean before really work. Really frowned upon. I meant after work. Like. <laughs> yes, there are, for, first off, like, you know, Hollywood <laughs> is, is like any other professional industry where, like, when when you're shooting yeah. a movie and then you call rap, it's like, in, if, unless you're doing a million other things, which everyone is usually understandable, you go out and you grab a beer, no right. matter what. You try to bond, you try to, yeah, you know. Yeah, a little camaraderie. Yeah, a little camaraderie. Right. I'm, I've always been... A, a nut job, so I usually yeah, take it down. to yeah. I get party down, right? And then I find that 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 forms a bond because it's like you can't tell anybody about that. I feel like yeah, you and yeah. Kroll would get really drunk together. <laughs> Nick and I have had nights. Yeah. yeah, Nick and I have had nights before, probably before we were on television shows. <laughs> I've seen I've seen some clips of you on other interview shows, and you're rocking Jordans, and I know you're a big sneakerhead. I correct? like sneakers, yeah, yeah. How, what, how did you get started in that? Because he rocks he Jordans. He wanted me to wear LeBron, LeBron's because he says you wear LeBron's I used to wear, I, I, I used to wear Le, the LeBron ones. You like yeah. those J's there? I was going to say, I love these. Thank these you. are, because it, these are so cool because they're right, like all white right yeah, now. Right. So Summer dope. Is good, and I love a good Jordan One low. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. So dope. how did you get into sneakerheads? I just am a Jewish kid from New York City, New York City yeah. who right. like yeah. you know went to high school in Jersey. So and what's the pinnacle? What's what high the shoe? In Livingston High. Huh. Okay. Yeah. What's the, Jersey, what's the man? shoe for you? Oof, that's a tough question. You know, the Air Jordan Three Cement is like white or black. Black. Okay. White garbage. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. The white? You, you wore like the white ones yesterday. I did. I like the white. It's just like the black to me is the ultimate because you can wear it with a hoodie with and people are like, you're dressed up. Or you could wear it with a tuxedo and people are like, that's cool. Mm. It doesn't get better than the white cement threes. That black, being, black cement black threes. threes. Yeah. That being said, I haven't worn Jordans in a long time. Wow. I've been on that Action Bronson tip. I mean, the boosts. Uh, it's I, how I just got a pair of Adidas dude, boosts. I like... I'm recommending it to people that are like, my back hurts. I'm like, you know, know what's going to fix that? The boost. I know. What yeah. is and the I boost? My, it's, it's the this, new technology it's like this. of the Adidas shoes. It's the lightest. The, the, these are like, and they're cool. Like, you yeah. see high fashion people yeah. wearing these. So I, so I got to say, like, I've been, I've been on this tip for a while. Yeah. I got a pair of NMDs that have the same technology. And I got a pair of Yeezys. Mm. I feel weird wearing them. Isn't it funny with Yeezys, the reaction that you can get from people? I That's feel why like I feel the, weird wearing it's them. It's the only pair of shoes that I've seen it happen. They're pretty cool, though. Where you're walking down the street and people will be like, They're amazing. Whoa. They're amazing. They're yeah. the coolest thing ever. I mean, Kanye can do no wrong. But I, but I feel like it's weird when I wear them. I don't like wearing them because I don't want any... Yeah, I just want to be. I want to be wearing a nice sneaker, but yeah. I don't want to talk about it. You know, I've been playing beer pong with someone that was wearing Yeezys, and the ball went under the table, and the kid came up like he had seen the Dalai Lama under the table, and he was like, "How did you? What?" And I was like, "Hit your f- shot, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. beat your ass." I mean, but th- they're all good to me. Like, I think he, I don't think he's dropped a, a pair that is. Yes, the Red Octobers is everything he's done from the Nikes to the yeah. Louis Vuittons to the. the, the what is your take on Kanye? I don't know if you like him or don't. I love Kanye's music. He does annoy me sometimes with some of his outside crap. Because his wife is obsessed with Kim Kardashian. Yes, oh, I'm obsessed with Kim Kardashian. So, so yes. is my wife. I mean, I got emojis on my phone. Me and too. Crap. Hell yeah, yeah, man. I know. Which is actually some hilarious. Points. You just got the lip kit yesterday. Did you? Super Sold out about. everywhere. How'd you get it? <laughs> the what? <laughs> 
Guys are talking about crap I don't even know. I know. Adidas, yeah. tech, you're talking about Baltimore cakes, Brooklyn <laughs> cupcakes. I don't know what the hell's going on. One thing that I know you talk about that he will get is I looked on your Twitter feed. You love to dabble in some politics talk. Only, I would say, I You're upset and you're angry. He didn't dabble when he got in here today. I didn't sure. dabble when I got in here. I, I, uh, I've taken more, more of a... I've talked about it more as I've gotten older. Yes. And as I've had children. Mm. I was always a very staunch liberal and, and Democrat, a registered Democrat, but, um, and I supported Obama. Um, but I, as I've had children, and, and especially a daughter, yeah. I feel like if we're not at least talking about it, then we're all doing a little bit of a disservice. And like I, I cannot imagine uh, my daughter having to grow up in... in, in in Donald I, Trump world? Yeah, I yeah, can't even okay. say it's it. It's all right. It's like don't worry. so hard to say it. It's like, <laughs> right. we never want that. It's so hard for me to imagine. Yeah, it's, it's what's really interesting scary, is I've, sure. seen, I've seen stories where it's like a, a six-year-old kid told another six-year-old kid, oh, we're building a wall. We're going to kick you out. And I, I, it's really interesting. My saw, little boy who's five knows that Donald Trump wants to build a wall and oh. doesn't want Spanish people here. I don't know how he knows it. Oh, man. That, and see, that's but that's amazing So here's what I, I thought like, about. There, is, so like, there are so eight years of children that have lived in America and have only known a black president, which is a crazy sentence to say right. and yeah. is really cool. Yeah. And then if it, it is Hillary, they could have these same kids grow up 12, 16 years of only having a black president and a woman, which is crazy awesome. Now, we are, though, creating a precedent with a lot of, I would say, lower class and poor white families that if, if this rhetoric sticks around, we're not going to realize it for another 10, 15 years when those people now have voices. And I think... Yes and no. I mean, that, 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 is, a cer- me. that is a certainly a, a dark look at it, and I, I understand that feeling. But I also, you know, you see these polls, and, and, and like, if you read Nate Silver or anything, yeah. and, and it's not a reason to be comfortable. If anything, it's a reason to go to the polls. But, like, you have certain polls that are, like, 70% of the country is voting for Hillary Clinton. So at this present moment. Yeah. And I'm sure that there will be a scandal that comes out. I'm not and, relaxing. Because a year but, ago they went, he has no chance. Right, so I don't believe right. any of that. I just, but, you know, I just, I can't help but think that the, that the United States, that, that America... The part of American exceptionalism and the reason that everyone thinks that America is great is because it has the freedom to be great. Mm. Right. And so I just get this this sense that Americans, even with all this rhetoric, which is just based on fear, everyone's just scared, no one wants to die, and I get that. It, it When it comes down to it, like I can't f- think of an American that wouldn't say that they want progress over not progress. And yeah. like it's just so clear. Um, the term make America great again is like regression. And I, I can't imagine that a woman would walk into a voter a voting booth and vote for regression. It yeah. just makes no it's, sense to yeah. me. You know? It, to me, honestly, and I want to talk about your movie, but the last thing I want to say about it is... Um, <laughs> this is the first po- political discussion we've ever had on this podcast. Well, I'm sorry. I really... No, uh, no, no, no. It's, I, it's about time. No. I do feel like I, someone... I read it. Well, I, I saw your tweets, and I was like, I want to talk about this. Well, I read, I read a, a tweet the other day, um, and I forget who, who tweeted it, but... Um, I think it was Brian Koppelman, who's a friend of mine who who directed a movie I was in, who who said, if you're not talking about Donald Trump, what are you talking about? Because it's like, you don't, I don't want to be known, like, let's say he does get elected. Like, let's play it out horribly. Let's say he does get elected, and then, like, he does put his hand on the button or something. And then people are like, you remember Adam Pally on the Sims and Leftco podcast? (laughs) That was, like, 99 days before the world blew up. 
You know, like, I don't want to... It feels like we have to talk about it. Right. Yeah. It, it, it is very prevalent subject. You know, it feels yeah. like we have to address, like, and if you're not in all these things, like, even it's sports-related. I mean, so, so he's going to move the debates because of the freaking NFL. I, I, you're right. Well, wait, listen, I actually think they should move the dates. Do you not? I, I'm not worried about the NFL, but I just want to... Do I not? No, I don't. There's DVR everywhere, and no one watches the debates in full. They're f- boring as hell. No, that's like, a good point. There's DVR. You know how many shows are up against other shows? What do you, if you move it from this night, people are going to be like, but no, it's on a Game of Thrones. And yeah. then you're going to move it to this night. You're be like, no, 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 it's on during like this. Yeah. Like, you can listen to a podcast that breaks it down. Yeah, yeah. Every, yeah there's right, like 17 right. eventually, cable. Eventually, it's a play for him just not to do it. So Plus, like, they're going to watch it on Facebook yeah, anyway. Facebook is the, is the biggest political like blow horn around right. so I, to me no they shouldn't I guess the, the, the thing that it shook me to my core is this simple fact is to me from the very beginning I thought it was painfully obvious and for it not to be this painfully obvious to everyone shook my core beliefs in yeah. human beings and their ability to problem solve well, well and now email scandals screwed yeah, some of, of that so well I mean, yeah but, but I mean and I'm, we're afraid of electing a woman it's, yeah I think that's even more prevalent All right, than so anyway scandal. there's a movie coming out <laughs> soon that you've got to see uh what do you like about this this movie that you did? Um, first off, Middle Ditch, Jenny Slate, Nick Kroll. Like Jenny Slate is awesome. She's perfect. Is awesome. She is amazing. Yeah. And I mean, in it, you called yourself an awesome oxy too. thick Jew. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. and he calls me bear Jew a lot. So uh, I enjoyed yes, that. Yeah, Jew. there's a certain you know. Uh, what about this movie? Do you think people are enjoyed? Because there's a twist in it that the trailer didn't give away. Yes. That I'm very excited that didn't give away. It's very serious. It's a serious. I would say that to me, the movie is improvised. Um, the writer-director, Jeff Baina, he wrote a very clear and clean beat sheet. It was about 12 pages long that broke down every scene and said this is exactly where the character will go, but there was no dialogue. Wow. And that, so, is that like a Curb Your Enthusiasm type A little of bit. It was like an elongated yeah. one, except with no jokes. So everything was just kind of this is what happens. Right. And it, it was on us to kind of go for no jokes right. and and that was a challenge but also really kind of liberating and fun because you weren't worried about getting laughs on set you were just kind of like does this further the story does this is this feel organic to the character you know uh, so it was fun and challenging and I, I hope that that kind of style I think not that that dramas should be Improvised, but I think that this kind of experimental style is what I'm excited for people to see. That's the first time you ever did that in a movie? Uh, I've done improvised stuff before on film, but I've never done something where there was really no script. Right, right. Mm. What is it like when you get done a scene? Because there's always that moment where you're like, was was that good? Yeah, like, or like, did you get that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, is the camera on? So, so is there, what is that moment like right when you get done the improvisation? You're like, that, that completely, that moment is now in the movie. You know, uh, you try not to think about it mm. because if you're if you for me at least I don't know how the, how the other actors process it but for me during working on it if you're thinking about that then you're like way too concerned with what's hitting and what's not and you're not doing the scene right. so like I, the way I like to to do it um, is just kind of like do it and then walk away and be like I hope that that comes out the way it does because you really, as an actor, can't control right. a lot of the other stuff. That's when he goes to the weed guy. That's when he goes to the weed guy. Acty, acty, acty. Smokey, smokey, smokey. Um, checky, checky, checky. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so when you get get done with the scene, you guys, do you ever sit there with the director and watch it over again? Like, um, Watching dailies and, and the monitor is, is a kind of... in. 
in the biz is kind of like a tough thing. Some people do it, some people don't. I can imagine. I hated watching film of a game I played. Yeah. Even if it was a good game, I, I'd still be like, damn, I don't want to watch me. It's a bit, sometimes I need, I like it. Like, right. if it's a scene where, uh, this is such technical, boring jargon, but, like, if it's a scene where I need to walk at a certain pace right. and the camera is following me and I need to, like, do something, turn it into a scene, mm. I... It, if I'm not getting it right or we tape the rehearsal, I like to go back and look to be like, oh, okay, that's when this happens and this happens. Right. But if it's like sitting dialogue, I can't I can't watch it. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I'm so ugly. <laughs> I'm disgusting. It's a disgusting uh, what thing. Is your, what is your final prediction about the Jets season this year? Uh, I said nine and seven. We smell the playoffs. Thanks for listening to them. I don't know if that was before the podcast or during the podcast. It's okay. We, we chatted for a while. I would say my, my hope is 9 and 7. We and this is what you do is you get like a final thing and you go, wow, that's a really great one. It's so good to have you on the podcast. We'll see you again. You're awesome. Oh, Stuff like right, that. Right, right. Like, why, don't, why don't you segue and then like <clears throat> get him out of here? What do you think? Hey, Adam Pally, it was great having you. <laughs> you are awesome. You are funny as shit. Really, you really are. I now I'm scared for my life. Nah. I don't know. That was so he like, a few times. It's like slightly aggressive. Oh, oh my god! No! 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 <laughs> awesome, Adam Pally, you are the absolute man, dude. Good luck. Uh, when does it come out, Josh? Uh, it comes out Friday, August 12th, and you can it's watch it on Hulu. It's Hulu's first movie. So and guess what? I believe Time Warner just bought Hulu, and they own us. Oh, so. part and of they the own me. Hulu, check it out, Joshy, <laughs> August 12th. Awesome. That was Adam Pally. Tell them what you told me. Uh, I think Adam Pally was the best guest we've ever had. Listen, I, I, I know we got political. You've said a lot lately. I know I have. Uh, but I truly think he trumps everybody we've had because not only was he funny, willing to there. talk. You're right. He, he talked about Trump. It just it's, felt real and honest. It did. And he was a true sports fan. Like, yeah. I feel like sometimes we get guys that come in here and they're like, oh, this is a sports company, so I'll just, like, have a few token sports things yeah. to talk about. He's, you know, truly he's a, a kind York of guy that fan. if I was watching like an Eagles-Jets game, I would enjoy it. Yeah, sure. It would be good ball-busting right. and stuff. Right. We touched a little bit on Michael and Martellus Bennett. Yeah. And I want to go more into it because, boy, did they say a lot together. Right, right. Um, one, they say Jay Cutler, worst quarterback in the NFL. Um, Which is not true. And, I mean, I think you as a man when He's not the worst, but I can understand some of the, you know, all that. I mean, I think last year you could argue Jay Cutler is one of the ten best quarterbacks in football last year. Martellus said uh, Tom Brady is the silver fox you never get to see, (laughs) but you hear about. You get one photo, you have to stay outside for a year just to get it, which I think is funny. It's kind of how Tom Brady. It is. Uh, Michael Bennett. um, Oh, Martellus, when he said uh, he went to Jerry Jones' house. Right. And he said he saw all the silverware. He says, when you get rich, you start collecting weird shit like silverware. Right. That's true. Definitely. What kind of weird stuff have you seen in people's rich people's houses? I, you know, rich people, yeah, they have a lot of crazy crap. Does your crap. dad have weird stuff? No, he's really, dad's pretty simple. Uh, nothing like that. I mean, the one thing I'll say, my parents, if you want to put them in that rich category, let's not put them in Jerry Jones category. Yeah. But, like, my parents have redecorated their house, like, four times. And I want to be like, you could have, like, sent a whole village to college <laughs> with as many time, much money you spent on decorating this yeah. house. Uh, when they asked, a follow-up to that, what would they collect, both of them said at the same time, people. Oh, right. And then Michael said, I Ugh, would have somebody who was, who was my blood type and kidney, stuff like that. They'd be on deck. I'd be like, my kidney's failing. It's time. Get over here. <laughs> Which I just thought was funny. I feel like you'd think about that, like having like human organs, be like, yeah. I want to live forever. Need some organs, but I don't know if I want to deal with the people. And then to the telling truth, they said, they think it's weird that, that we're ourselves. I think it's weird that you're trying to be something you're not. And I really do love their candor and honesty. Yes. 
And while you might disagree with Jay Cutler, yeah. I think that it's super refreshing to have some people that are willing to say how it is. Yeah, I get it. You know, about Jeff Fisher, Michael Bennett said, make sure he's in the NFC West. I like that. Right. And Martellus said if a quarterback went 7-9, he'd never have a job. They make a ton of, ton of really points. great points. About Sam Bradford, I watched the video on this. Right. They go, Sam Bradford, and they both laugh. And Michael goes, greatest quarterback in the NFL. And Martellus goes, vicious, competitive. And Michael then goes, a real Joe Montana. So they think he's garbage. Right. But they're willing to say it. Yes. How does that stuff play out in locker rooms? And what I mean by that is more yeah. everyone probably looks at them and is jealous that they're able to speak their mind. Right. But do you think people get offended by this? Or do you think it motivates? Like, do you think Sam Bradford's like, man, he, I hate these guys? Well, he might be, like, secretly. But I don't think it's going to ruin his day. He might sit there and read it and go, oh, what a, you know, what you a bunch Fletcher of jerk-offs. You think Fletcher Cox is cracking up about it, though? Uh, probably a little bit. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, I do think there's going to be. Because every team is going to have a certain amount of people that are going to be mad at the quarterback in general. Because he does get too much attention. He's stealing everybody's money. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got on Peyton Manning and Tom Brady for not being in front of the CBA. Yep. line. I mean, they make a ton of great points all together. Uh, and in their own locker room, people are going to love them. I mean, like Michael Bennett, I'm sure, is the man up in Seattle. They yeah. probably love him, Richard Sherman. They're very smart, cerebral guys. They're not afraid to speak their mind. Uh, well, Michael Bennett had a great They're quote. also threatening to the establishment. Well, yeah, that's Michael that's Bennett had a great quote. He goes, all these white coaches want to be black athletes' fathers. He goes, if Pete Carroll sees me being stupid, he's going to go and then walk away. Right. And you could tell that he respects Pete for that. Right. And it, it's, it's so true. How many times have you seen these stories of these white coaches being deemed these fathers? And it's like, not everybody wants that role. No. You know, sometimes you just want to coach. Do my job. Leave no, me alone. I would say, really, that's and the most good coaches are that. Yeah. The, the annoying coaches are the ones that get involved in your life. And you're like, you're here for football. Teach me the checks. Teach yeah. me the play. I understand you might give me a word of advice every now and then on life. But don't every day... <laughs> just genuflect on my life and my decisions. I think what's really interesting with the whole thing is these stories are fascinating to people because they go, how is it going to play out in that rough and tumble world of the NFL locker room where men are men? Right. Think about bullying. How does that play out in the NFL locker room? And what's funny is, is we always do this for sports. We talk about it like it's a microcosm, yeah. and then we talk about it like it's this crazy world. Right. So it's like, whoa, these guys are willing to speak their mind? How many people in any office are willing to go there and go, you suck, you suck, my boss is overbearing, and by the way, I think you're all overrated. No one does that in any walk of life, but we do this and we go, he's a weird athlete. No, these are weird human beings. There's not a lot of Kanye's. There's not a lot of Mark Cubans. There's not a lot of Bennett's that are willing to kind of go and go, that's how I see it and that's how I see it. But we talk about it like sports mainly because you guys are pretty boring. <laughs> Most athletes are really boring. Right. So the dichotomy between the ones that speak their minds and the ones that really don't, I mean, Russell Wilson's one of the most boring people I've ever met. Yes. Ever. Right. So I, I think there's like a starker contrast, but that's, excuse me, that's everywhere in our society. Yeah. And these guys are willing to say how it is. Yeah. Uh, listen, and I don't think, I, like, you know. And I, last thing, last yeah, thing. Okay. The thing that I really don't understand right. is the ones that tell it like it is are the ones that have the most success on camera after their careers, yeah. having these jobs. And yet, we think it's smarter to not tell it like it is. Yeah. Well, you better be a really good player you gotta be to really do that. Good. That's yeah. the other problem, too. Because if you're that guy, like 
like a Martellus Bennett, who hasn't always been the best tight end in football or anything, yeah. you could see he's been expendable. I mean, mm. the Giants didn't want him. The Cowboys didn't want him. Uh, the Bears didn't want him. Uh, so you got to watch out for that a little bit. Do you think bit. he's got to really watch out for it in New England? No, I think New England is New England's the perfect place for a guy like that because – you're going to march in line regardless because of Bill and the success they've had. So you're going to do that. But Bill is not going to, like, yeah. micromanage your life. Yeah. He is not. Oh, he's we've just... seen. He lets his guys get away with murder. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. No, but it's true. I mean, that's how detached he is from their lives. Yes, he just does a good job know. of making sure they don't make headlines. He doesn't yeah. want to hear headlines, comments. I, you know, he probably doesn't care about Martellus saying that about Jay Cutler, but he's going to be probably warn Martellus one time before the year starts, like, let's not talk bad about the Jets the week we're playing the Jets. Or yes. He might say things like that, have a team meeting, say it, and he's really kind of focusing on Martellus Bennett. So keep bulletin board material away, but yes. in the meantime, let's keep do it, whatever he's just gonna be, Let's keep it professional. Uh, other than that, if you want to get out of this room yeah. and go party and smoke weed and drink beers, great, but you better be back here tomorrow at 7.30 to be professional they once again. Are, they are the two athletes right now that are number one on my people I'd like to talk to list. Yeah, right. Like have them sitting right here, right. Nick Mangold and Larry the Cable Guy status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love them. Yeah. I think I agreed with almost everything they said. Right. Uh, the, the reporter asked them, uh, they, they said, hey, reporter, do you know what the NFL stands for? And she went, not for long, no fun league. And then they, uh, I don't even know what I can say. They said, mm, for lease. Oh, N-word? Yeah. Black people N-word for yeah. lease? Yeah. Well, listen, I think there's a lot I of... I hate saying N-word uh, because I, I, I think it's an interesting discussion, but they also said, do you know how many black owners there are in the NFL? Yeah, zero. Zero. Right. We don't write checks. We get checks. Right. And I think that it's, it's a conversation that... It's the reason I brought it up and that I was uncomfortable with it, but I, I want to be comfortable with it because I think, wow, when you look around, there's not a lot. There's not a lot enough. There's not enough black coaches. There's not enough no. black GMs. There's not enough black offensive coordinators, right. which is deemed as a intelligent position. Right. Uh, there's not enough. There's no black owners. And when you see the way that these contracts happen, it's hard for you not to sit back and go. Definitely. Wow. I mean, who has the power here? Right. Or and go so to the combine. You know, that's your first thing. You go. The combine is your first look in the NFL, and you really start to realize if you're if you're paying attention to the broad picture, you start to realize, man, I'm truly a piece of meat to this crew here. I yeah. mean, I'm standing in front of a whole room of the NFL organization in my underwear. Because I've weighed in in front of them, and now they just want to look at my body in front of everybody <laughs> yeah. and my tidy whities Yeah. Uh, this is a very weird experience. And I think I have a solution to how to get more African Americans into higher-ranking parts of the NFL. Right. Those jobs that are given the quality control, the offensive assistant, those really low-level jobs right. that... NFL teams continue to give to family friends or Thank you. distant cousins you or really low-level guys. And right. you go, who cares about that? Well, if who cares about that, let's just bring in a lot of African-Americans that have shown around the NFL or people that want to do it, and let's bring them into the low-level spots. Right, right. Because those are the ones that become the secondary coach. Right. And then the defensive coordinator assistant. And then all of a sudden, well, why do we hire him? Because look at all of his experience. Yes. Bring them in at the ground level. 
and let's see what happens. I agree, and that's one of the big you, – you hit on it. It's one of the biggest flaws in football right now. It has no longer become about what you know about the sport. To get into the NFL now, it's, it's become either political <laughs> or who you know, just like you said. It's very frustrating. Uh, I was frustrated even with my year in New England with some of the people I had to be around. They were great people, but I also was like – how did you get this job? And then you'd ask a few people, and yeah, their dad knew the owner. Or yeah. they, their dad, their dad was the doctor for the head coach, and you yeah, were just you, like, what? Like, is, what, what? Have you done anything with football? No. But you're I think, sitting next I think to honestly, me. this is like a life thing for like young people out there. Is as you come up through elementary school and junior high and high school, and you go to college, what happens is you go, well, I got good grades here, so I got into advanced placement classes. Right. Then I got good grades there, and I got into a good college. When I graduate college with this great degree, I'm going to get a good job. And you go, this is not about people. It's about what I do and the quality of my work. And then you got out of college. And then you realize you need to know somebody. And you need to foster connections. And you need to manage up. And what happens is it's no longer about your credentials. And that's all of a sudden where this great system we had in place evaporates. And it's not about how quality your work is. Right. It's, it's hey, be, it's we went to summer camp together. Right. Hey, my dad met your dad on the greens last week. It's corporate week. white world. Yes. It is. And, and I think a simple way to start the process of fixing a system that has gone whitewash right. is to introduce people of all cultures right. in the very beginning into an NFL system where we can see who is really the best, right. who has the best quality, right. who's putting in the time, yes. who's watching, who understands film. Right. Because you worked with guys that didn't even understand it. No, it's, it's, it's alarming. And, you know, to this point, So too, I think the Bennett's are right on a lot of things. And, yes. um, you know, I think the players they talked to, I saw Jay Cutler talk, I thought they handled it fine. Yeah. Because it, it sends ripples. But they're okay with sending ripples. And I like dudes that send ripples. Yeah, I hear you. And Michael Bennett, he's got a lot of things to be angry about because he is the most underpaid player in football. Man. Man. Uh, you know, I saw, just to hit on that too, I saw New England. They got kind of, people got on them because the research came out that they were the least diverse staff in football. Like, if there's one guy that doesn't care about black or white, it is Bill Belichick. And he's had some really smart African-American people on his staff before. Yes. I just think it's a little ridiculous at times. I know uh, I'm just saying it, it, that just bothered me that they kind of tried to paint Bill Belichick and the Patriots like that when I'm going to be, I can't remember the running backs coach, Pepper Johnson being there. They got Brian Flores, who's great secondary coach, will probably be the D coordinator in New England Romeo at some point. Romeo was there for a Romeo while. Romeo Cornell was there, right. So let, they got to look at it as a whole in general. Uh, they had, when I was there, we had some young black kids in the scouting department who were climbing the ladder in a hurry. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't even know what my point was, but no, it just I think, bothered I me. I think you saw something and disagree with right, it. All right, right. I'm going to do rapid fire some current event stuff right now. Uh, Steelers are retiring the 1934 Bumblebee jerseys. Good move, bad move. Ugh. Good move. Get rid of them. Yeah, they were so ugly, they were kind of neat to see once a year. Yeah. But, yeah, they're, they're too ugly. It was one of those things where you'd see them on TV, you go to Twitter, and that's all people were talking about And they're going all black hours. on their uh, color Derek rush. Carr is rooming with Amari Cooper. Will that have an impact on anything? I do think it will. The fact that Amari's talking to him is a great sign. <laughs> right. Because we know that Amari Cooper doesn't say a lot of words. Yes. So you think that has an impact? I do. You know, listen, when I was the quarterback down in Tampa, my best friend on the team was Joey Galloway. And that's because we talked ball. We were on the same 
page about everything. We had great rep- repertoire in the huddle. Rapport. Rapport, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes, in rapport the huddle. Rapport led to a good repertoire. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yes, so I do think that goes a long way. Yes, there is some bonding there and yeah. some just getting on the same page with football thoughts. Nick Foles, I am granting him lifetime Eagle support for screwing over the Cowboys and going to the Chiefs. Yes. Uh, now the Cowboys are apparently are going to go after Josh McCown. I just don't see the Browns giving up Josh McCown. I agree. What do you think the Cowboys are going to do? I don't know. The Cowboys are in deep trouble. Yeah, uh, that's because they went out there and were like, we don't need him. We have Kellen Moore. I don't know really what they were thinking by having Kellen Moore as their backup quarterback in general. Okay. Uh, listen, I know it wasn't like a disaster last year, but I watched those films. It wasn't good either. Yeah. So I don't know where they thought that was going to go. Um, yes, Nick Foles, I think he made the, the right decision. He's going with somebody he knows. Yeah. And he probably looks at Tony Romo and goes, well, I can't. If Tony Romo stays healthy, I'm never going to let the field. Exactly. He goes Alex Smith. He goes, if he struggles those first eight games, they might pull the cord and got me I'm in. I'm just as talented. Right. Uh, I got some Twitter stuff. Um, to, to do. What's Dallas' best option? What is their best well, option? Well, and then you, I just want to throw this to what, what is Cleveland going to do? You're going to throw RG3. I mean, you're going to say, oh, we're okay with RG3. He's proven he's the answer. Uh, and they're going to trade Josh McCown. I, I don't know what Dallas's best option is because they probably don't have a lot of trade bait. If mm. I am them, they have no trade bait. I know, I, I, and I would go after Glennon in Tampa. But our producer, our producer Connor, is saying that Edward or VSPN is reporting that they're not going to go after a, another quarterback and they're going to give those reps to Dak. Dak Preston. Okay. Yeah, well, listen, I just don't want to hear. Uh, I don't want to hear the bull crap if he has to play and they lose and they oh he's a rookie. And, Tweet from Nick Albers. Right. How good do you expect the Packers defense to be this season? I think the Packers defense is going to be better for sure. I love that they got Kenny Clark inside. Certainly their young secondary guys with Quinton Rollins, Demarius Randall, they'll yeah. be a year better. Uh, yeah, I, listen, I, I think the Packers are one of those teams watch out for this year. I think they're going to be on a mission a little bit. Uh, Evil Jester, thoughts on Clive Walford? Oh, well, Clive Walford. I know you think he's going to be a Yeah, baller. I mean, we did videos yesterday. I think Clive Walford's going to be one of the breakout stars of football this year, yes. And uh, I just want to end on you, your opinion on this. Um, so I am ordaining my friend's marriage in Kentucky in October. Right. So they have asked me to go up there and – if anyone has anything they'd like to say, so hopefully I'm not coughing at that time. Yeah, I get out of my system Zika, by then. Right. So I posted the certificate online. I had another couple reach out to me and ask if I would ordain theirs. And then my friend Sal goes, dude, can you MC the part of my wedding, the wedding party, when all the friends are coming out? That sounds cool. And they want me to do it in the 1996 Bulls mode. So they're going to put on that song. (laughs) And this is how he wants me to introduce. From North Carolina. His fiance and eventual wife. And I love Sal and Arissa. They're amazing. First of all, you got to get out of the marriage (laughs) business. Okay, that one's cool. But if you're going to be like, first of all, I got a question to your friends who want you to be. Time out. (laughs) So this is what they want me to say for her. Her name's Narissa. Washington Heights, born and raised, teaching them preschool kids what a crackhead would do for crack, she'd do for bacon, loves eating, Thai and Puerto Rican, separated at birth from Chrissy Teigen, wants to trouble the world. Narissa, that's what they want me to do for her. Wow, that's That's what they wrote. That's fun. Oh, and uh, it's ridiculous. So I just, I feel like there's this world that I could get into right now where I just start announcing people's weddings. Oh, you're like the wedding singer. I I wrote down the wedding singer. (laughs) I feel like this could be like a second profession for me. Yes, right. Hey, just, uh, you know, go there, kill it. You wouldn't want me to ordain your wedding? 
No. If you were really. having a non-denominational, non-religious wedding? I, I did have that wedding. Um, yeah, no, I don't think you I would. You wouldn't trust me. No, it's not that I don't trust you. It's just like I don't want to sit there and look at you while I'm getting married to my wife. Sorry, I'll party with you after the marriage, okay? Well, I'm friends with, like, see, like, in your relationship, I'm more friends with you than your wife. wife. Right. But with these, I kind of have, like, a dual citizenship. Okay. Okay, so there's a little so difference there. So you think there. that me being there takes away the seriousness of their wedding? I don't know what it is. It just seems weird to me altogether. I don't. I don't know why you would want to do it. I don't know why they want you to do it. The so MC then, thing, I. So I then get. here's That's my right question. Here's my question. Right. Do I still got to give a wedding gift? Oh, really? No, you don't. You wouldn't expect one. I don't know. No, I wouldn't. I mean, my mayor. Did you ask any favors? The mayor of my town married me. He didn't give me a wedding gift. I know that. Did he give you a card? I don't think so. Interesting. I don't think so. I, I don't think, yeah, you're, you're providing your gifts by getting them married. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Right, right. But you can't but bring it up. If you you can't be a- like, so are we good on the whole wedding gift thing? No. I bought you some plate warmers. Well, what, what, what are they going to do if you don't give them the gift? Do you think, they're, do you think your friend will call you and be like, hey, dude, we never No, a gift. well, I don't think anyone would call anybody if they didn't get a wedding gift. Right. I don't think you're calling up your Uncle John and going, hey, Johnny, like, uh, paid 150 for your plate. Like, you're not going <laughs> to do that, right? No. So if, if you get a wedding gift, you can get away with it. You're just going to be that, that guy. That people go, don't invite Chris to the wedding. Well, if you're that guy, just get him something cool then, like something cheap and cool that you just think, okay, you know them. Do you get wedding gifts or do you give money? I usually, I think my wife usually just goes online and she goes, how much can I spend? And then she just gets whatever's on the registry for that amount of money. Man. Right. Freaking weddings. Adam Pally had a great time with him. He was awesome. All right, so next week is going to be, what is the 75th? If, if gold is 50, right? Silver, right? is that 75? 75, the diamond anniversary? Wow. I think it is. I expect a gift containing diamonds from you. Do you? Why? It's, I'm first name on there. You give me the diamonds. Well, no, you've always called me your work wife. <laughs> See how I use well, that? Well, this is 2016. It's an equal relationship. I had my wedding anniversary last week. You I had got, your wedding anniversary? Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, thanks for being a friend. I got a wife. Like I'm supposed to f- my wife, I got her flowers. I actually drew a card and wrote something nice inside of it. My artwork is not good. I, I asked my kids so... to do it, and they didn't do it. She didn't get me anything. Yes. Yep. Bunch of bull crap, I'm telling you. What wedding anniversary was it for you? men's women's So crap. you drew something and, got, and did what else for her? Uh, and I got her flowers. And I had the kids there and had them pick out flowers, too, that they like to give to her. So has she made up for it since? No. Not even a mention. I don't even so you it. delivered it, and then her reaction was, "I didn't get you anything." No, it wasn't. Never even. She, she just went, "Oh, thanks." Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> did you say this to her afterwards? Uh, maybe the next day. Yes. So there are certain things that you won't say right out loud to other human beings. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't care. I didn't want to. I didn't care. So it wasn't going to like make. No, that you a, clearly cared because it's a week later, and well, you're like speaking of things that are annoying me. I right like now. to have fun with those kind of things because if the roles were reversed. And she she would she would tell me she didn't care, and then a few days later she'd be like, "I really can't believe you." So didn't do get you me ever cash it in, or is it even possible to cash it in? Cash what? Is in? there ever a moment where you go, you know, you know what? Not going to take out the trash because two weeks ago you didn't even. I, I have never gotten her a Valentine's gift. Uh, uh, I don't usually. Does she get you Valentine's Day? Gifts? Very rarely. Mother's Day. I listen every day. She has a great day, and she spends a lot of our money. So I'm, I mean, how many damn holidays can we have? Man. Thank you. Felt good, didn't, yeah, didn't did, it? Did. <laughs> we we need to have Danielle on eventually. Yes, and Philip. Philip, he can come in here and cuss for all of us. Oh my gosh. Yes. 
That would be great. All right, end this damn podcast. First Sims left. Go, hey, can we get the control room really quick? You guys were awesome picking up on the fly. Oh, you didn't do crap today. Connor, Kristen, Brefo. uh, I can't see who's back there, but Connor, way to hold it down, pal. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Look at the guns. Look at it. He's flexing his tricep. You think he was flexing? I think he was. I think he had a little, like... I'm just on the computer. It's like when you take a photo. Fo- it's like when you take a photo on the beach. You're like, tell me when you're taking it. <laughs> tell me when you're taking it. Awesome. Episode 75 next week. Fendrick will be back. This is our last month of doing video podcast. Start of September 1st. We are launching here at Bleach Report. Something. I'll have the information at a later date. Right. I don't have the information. Well, we're going now. all audio. We're going to be a little more big time. And audio. we're going to be a little bit more loose. We're gonna we're gonna play uh, hot and loose. Okay. On the podcast. But episode 75 coming up. Thank you as always. Hit us up on Twitter at Simpson Lefko. Subscribe on iTunes. Adam Pally was absolutely awesome. Go see the movie Joshi. We'll see you next week. <laughs>